Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. I am the boys soccer beat writer, Scott Erickson, and we are joined, as always, by the girls soccer beat writer, Joe Morelli. Joe, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. Good morning and welcome. Yeah, good morning. Uh, we are almost, we're getting towards the end of the season now, so we got some good stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to jump right into our mailbag this week. As always, we encourage you to send things into the mailbag. We'll post a link for it. Uh, we got three questions this week, so... We're going to throw it over to our producer, Pete, who is going to let us know what the questions are. All right. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Yes, good How morning. are you guys? Well, we're well. Just awesome. Fine. Awesome to hear. Just always fine. great. Always great to, uh, to spend Tuesday mornings with you guys. It's the best. Oh, yeah. It really is. Uh, all right. Right off the bat, the first question this week is, uh, and we got three. This is actually the most that we've had, so kudos Fantastic. to everybody. Um, first question, will the CIAC ever reduce the amount of games in the regular season to this reader uh says 12 um just because of you know so many injuries that occur during the season in soccer the answer is no and the reason the answer is no is because 16 i think is is just fine in every other sport major a sport like volleyball football other than football excuse me basketball 20 18 games Baseball, they try to fit what twenty games in a yeah, in, in the same games. amount of time, basically. Basketball, 20 and, games. and if you look at the CIAC in the last couple of years, the season, if you remember, used to start around the twelfth or thirteenth, and now it starts on the sixth or seventh. It starts the Thursday or Friday now after Labor Day, rather than the week after. So there's there is actually time to get these games. And the question is, can he get for those who have league tournaments, which is most of the leagues, the ones that we cover, a lot, yeah, yeah. Can they get them in before and not push the league tournament back? The CCC and the NCCC, they don't have league tournaments, so they can go up until November 1st, which is the last counting day. Yeah, a lot of those teams have six games left. Yeah. As I, opposed to two I, or three I, for the upset gas. And, and right teams are almost forced to play, and teams have been playing on Sundays, a couple. The answer to the question is no. I would be absolutely shocked if they went back to 12. And I understand injuries are a part of the game. And I don't think – I understand playing games in as many days leads to this with practice time. But unfortunately, I, it's not going to change. I think the kids would be bored. I mean, right now, you, when the season started where it was, you're playing about two games a week to get 16 in. If you're playing 12, then you have multiple weeks where you're playing one game and you're going to practice five days a week. Like, the kids are going to get bored with that. And these are high school kids. They can play two games a week and they can play 16. If you really want to cut games and cut injuries, then start looking at those conference tournaments because those that's are not gonna, nah, that's it's not, not going to happen, but they're exhibitions. You know what I mean? Nah, so like, I don't agree with that because, I mean – I think if you ask Al Carbone, he's biased, and if you ask Dave Schultz, they're not exhibitions. And the reason I disagree with you is, yeah, are they exhibitions? But people are interested because it's league tournament play. And in that, I love the seen, league tournaments myself. No, I know, but yeah. that's they're not going to get rid of those. The CIAC may not care so much about the league tournaments, and they don't really consider that when they do their state tournament. But what I will say is I think they're an essential part of what – because in boys' soccer, again, we talked about it last week, Prep and Xavier – Perhaps not have playing any of the heavyweights right. on the other side. We'll get a chance to see those games because we may not see them in the state tournament. And I think that's where it's important. The FCAC is different. Everybody plays everybody. Yeah. In the big leagues like the CCC, which doesn't have a tournament, which I, I, I want to see those matchups. I look forward to that postseason play. I think gets you ready for the state tournament as well. Uh, just to, to jump in because they did this with football a couple of years back when they remember the it was the you know maximum games in a regular season was ten, right. and that basically all but eliminated conference uh, football championship right. except for the one year in the FCAC. It's a different story because they've been they were trying the football club as you know were trying to start the tournament the playoffs the week before Thanksgiving and make Thanksgiving basically worthless. They say well yeah you can have your games. 
that's why it didn't work because Thanksgiving is such a money maker. But yeah. anyway, that's not the point. But well. that's I think that's what they tried to do. And the FCAC tried to do what they wanted to do, and let's be honest, it didn't work. They like to do the thing on the old island, and we. I'm sorry, it's you see. A lot of people don't like the CIAC, but I'm fortunate they understand that the Thanksgiving Day is one of the biggest money makers for, for schools in their entire year. They they base a lot of their budget on what they make that day. Anyway, I'm sure that wasn't your point, but I wanted to get it. Across. No, I that's thank you for clearing that up. No, that uh, that was going to be my question. Like, if the CIAC came down and said, you know, you have to have a minimum of 20 games total, would you think conferences would say, okay, we'll play 16 regular season games and then? leave four max for every team in the conference just in case. I think it's possible because if you look at some schedules, they're not playing 16. There are some that are playing 14 games. Yeah. There are some that are playing 15, so they're doing it already. But I would think you'd want to play 16 games and go out and schedule people. So, I, I and again, to, to Scott's point, what – 16 games and over six – however many weeks it is, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, like 16 games or eight weeks, you're playing two games a week. Yeah. High school kids can handle that. I don't think the injuries are that severe – Soccer's a physical game, more physical than most people think, but it's not football. It's not ice hockey. You're not getting slammed the right. way they are. And you're not having – there are head injuries because of heading the ball and people banging in, but it's not the same. Those rules were put into football to protect from concussions and to give kids extra rest time. I just don't think it's needed. And I think before they would ever cut the regular season, they would make teams cut their – Conference tournaments, yeah, I just think because that, yeah, that's a valid point. Yeah, I, exactly. I love the conference tournaments, FCAC, SEC. Those are great tournaments. Yeah. You get to see those teams play in a way that you don't in the states. So I would hate to see them go, but I think you would cut those first. But Joe's answer first was simple: No, they're not going to do this. I think sixteen really works. Twelve is way too few because yeah. I just yeah, think it's playing one game a week and having kids sit around for five never, days. It's never going to happen. It's and, pointless. And CIA, it's about making money too <laughs> it, it, is. it is for those yeah. who charge and, and this is not going to happen and i don't know how many soccer teams charge i know the game I went to farmington glastonbury they charge admission not a the ton. games at night they the, will the, the night games, games during the day games, at four yeah. o'clock no yeah uh what's the second question pete uh, that was a good first one that was that. a really yeah, good like first that. one good job reader it made me thinks <laughs> <laughs> um this one is just specifically about girls teams in double L, but if we want to expand to the boys teams as well, but how many girls teams do you guys think in, in class double L have a shot to go into the tournament unbeaten? I should probably. So we have St. Joe Shelton, Glastonbury, Suffield, and Staples still un, unbeaten. Well, St. Joe's and Staples, one of them will lose because they'll. In the theory, FCAC. or they could, it could tie. They play no, to their FCAC tournament. They're going into the state tournament. Right? right, but yeah. that doesn't count for their state record. So are we talking about conference tournaments? No, then? we are. No, so I, we are talking about conference tournaments because yeah, they would still be undefeated oh, as far I, as their unbeaten. If you're, going, unbeaten. if you're going on that, and they play each other the last week of the year. Yeah, next so Monday. So I'm going to say that one of them is going to lose and it won't be a tie. That's what I, That's would, fair. I yeah. would guess. It was just double L? That's what they asked. But we can expand okay. and, and so you know, Shelton, go with it. So Shelton I, has four games left. And one of them is at Mercy. Mercy is a very tough game. And Shelton beat them 2 nothing, but... That could obviously turn around. Mercy's a tough, and they haven't lost since. I would say Glastonbury and Suffield will be unbeaten with no league tournament. I would say either Staples or St. Joe's, one of them loses. And I'm going to say Shelton's going to get through unbeaten. They're going to beat Mercy. I think that's fair. Glastonbury and Suffield, as we said, they play up in the CCC, so they have six games left. Suffield's in the end of Triple C. Oh, sorry. Suffield's in the The only game I saw on Suffield's schedule that could be problematic uh, was Ellington. Uh, who's a pretty good team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Glastonbury, 
Um, you know, Newington's not bad. Hall is a very good team uh, who could definitely beat Glastonbury. And Simsbury only has three losses, so their path is a little more difficult. If we had to just pick a number, I'll say two. Two, two of those teams are going. What'd you say? Two? If I had a pick, I'm going to say one, two, three, four. Four of them are going in. Yep. Wow. I like it. I like the boldness. And Staples and St. Joe obviously both could go in if you don't count the conference tournament no, or if someone they tie. must lose. If but they, if they both tie, tie yeah. yeah. It could be all five. Right. Imagine if you're – if look, at obviously Staples has no losses, but they have three ties in there, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. So there – and here's the thing. Quarterfinals – we've mentioned this before in the podcast. Quarterfinals are home. So even if Staples wins out, they could be on the road for the quarterfinals despite not losing a game. So that's the, that's the interesting thing about it's tough. And, and this double L's loaded. We've talked <laughs> about it. And the interest so the FCAC teams it is so. And I've I've asked these teams. I've asked. I've talked to notebooks the last week with Cheshire, Amity, and Shelton, and none of them are. They all say it's loaded, but and they all of course they're not going to say we can't win. Right. But to me, I think there's all three of even Shelton are, are big underdogs with these teams. Shelton's a big underdog, you think, to, and, and, to, to Ridgefield. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to be really hard for them to get through it all. Now, mm-hmm. I, if I'm proven wrong, great, because there's a team in our area that's doing really well. But as Shelton coach Marvin Miller said, I mean, I want to see somebody beat our defense, but St. Joe's can beat their defense. After watching them yesterday, St. Joe's is really good. Well, Shelton wouldn't have to. I mean, they they could get an FCX team, I guess, in the first or second round. But we're talking you know. about winning it. We're talking about going to the semis. If right. the teams can can Shelton, Amity, or Cheshire win the whole thing, the answer to me is no. No, yeah. I mean, it depends on the draws. I mean, to get to the semis, like you said, like the, the path of the semis could be opened up. But once you get there, there's probably going to be a really good team waiting an, for you. you. Any one of those teams, they're facing the FCX. I mean, Amity's goal, they said. I'd be shocked if we don't get to the quarterfinals. Okay, but but I guarantee you they're going to see an FCAC team in one of those first two games. So right, I mean teams like Trumbull are eight and five. They're going to have a lower seed, you know, when they get to the tournament. And Not they're going to be but, dangerous. And they're going to be dangerous. That's a team you could play in the second round if you're Shelton, yeah, and that's right. really really tough. Right. Um, do you want to talk about? Do you have yeah. What's the last question, Pete? Oh, the last question. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, did we wake Pete up? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Were you guys? <laughs> are you guys done? Are no. you guys talking? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the final question in the mailbag, and again, uh, there will be a link in the post to ask more questions for next week um, as the season goes on. But here is the final question. What are some of the best schools to, uh, you know, watch a soccer game at, you know, to take it in, the atmosphere, the fans, the stands, the, the background? Um, I There's three. I love grass fields, so I'm going to start with three grass fields. Uh, Barlow's Field. Which I believe is just yeah. called like competition field or something. It doesn't have a name. <laughs> and then Staples Loffler Field. There's a really cool hill that everyone can sit on to watch a game. And then Connor Field in New Canaan, which they only use for like half their games because they play on the turf half the time. But it's a, it's just a field surrounded by woods. I think that's what makes a soccer field really nice. A lot of these fields are are football fields. Yeah. You know, Surf Club, Tiger Hollow, uh, West Haven. You know, there's a reason they choose West Haven and, and Middletown for uh, games for states because they're good places to watch soccer, I think. You had mentioned before we went on to your Tungsis meet in Farmington. I yeah. like Bittner Park and Guilford. But, again, when they play at hand, they play at the, the high school. I, mean, I like the surf club. I like. I, I mean, it also comes down to atmosphere and, and rivalry games, too. And I, Again, I like Middletown. I've liked 
um, municipal stadium, but again, they're using turf fields and they use it's all type multi-purpose and mainly yep. for football. So there's not that many great soccer venues. Uh, now I'm I I'd be curious if there are schools that we haven't seen, like up in the Berkshire League, that where you have like a little field tucked into the back that's beautiful. And sure, I've, I've heard so, I heard I've heard Avon is is good. I've heard good yeah. things about teams in the Berkshire, but again, I don't I'm not, I haven't been up to see those games and for varying reasons. So. So, listen, if anyone has a field that we are missing because we just haven't been there and we just can't be to these fields, send them in to us. We'd love to see them. We'd love to see photos of them. We liked we liked. Maybe we'll even take we a trip. Up, I'm sorry. Oh, know, yeah. We liked Plainfield when we went up there, right, Pete? For the playing, I thought it was Yeah, Plainfield was nice. I mean, I liked – when I went and covered a game years ago at Lima Memorial, I, state tournament guy, I thought it was a nice facility. Now, it's Again, these are venues, and these are soccer towns. Somebody's like the Berkshires. They're soccer. The NCCC and Southfield, I'm sure they have great venues, and – but you know they're far away from where we are and the teams that we cover. So, um, but and, and Farmington again, usually like plays said, at, at Tunksis, but I saw them play at that Farmington Athletic place, and that was all soccer fields, and it was another good setting. It was right. turf, but it was a a nice setting for a game. And you know, we're, I'm sure there's a ton of schools, you know, on the shoreline or ECC that have like fields on the water that we're missing. Yeah. And I would like to point out, I love going to uh, Municipal for the NVL. Oh, soccer that's great tournament. too. Yeah, it is um, good. When they get like a couple of games playing going at the same, um, you know, back to back and stuff yeah. like that. So they use it nice for setup. football, though, right? They also uh, use it for football. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice setup. I do like what they they renovated the whole place. Yes, yeah, the whole place is yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, and that's why they use that. And Middletown is again nice and. West Haven won't have the parking issue, but they'll still have it. So these are nice venues. Does Xavier play at home, or they play Palmer? They don't play pop, soccer no, they play, at Palmer. I think do they? they play at the high school. Yeah, they the just opened up that new field yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago, Larry so, McHugh Field. McHugh field. Uh, have you been up there? Uh, not. I went to a Xavier soccer game a couple of years ago with you. I no. want to say, or you sent me for photos a couple of years ago. But that was like in like 2000. At his, at his insistence. At his insistence. It was like 2013, 2014. Well, yeah, I wasn't going. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. They're actually really good this year. So. Uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014. You sent me up there for photos. And uh, you asked me if I would go up and take some photos. Yeah, I, I didn't did. demand. No, no, you, you don't demand I'm not anything. Demanding individual You're not. You are not. Just ask my wife. Uh, so, those were our. <laughs> Those are our mailbag questions. We love that you're sending in things. Yeah, Keep yeah, sending them in yeah, to us. please, even more. As we get to the postseason, I'm sure there's going to be more topics to discuss. So, All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back with the rest of the lineup. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. We are back on Just for Kicks. Uh Love doing that mailbag. It's so fun. Uh, let's take a quick look. You have the poll. You got your poll? Yes. Poll? Yeah, all Are right. Are doing me first? You want to do for you first? Yeah, sure. go ahead. Sure, yeah. and we can discuss. St. Joe's was the new number one team, and they certainly looked like it on Monday. Got to see them against Ridgefield. The game was postponed from last Thursday. And, you know, Ridgefield hadn't allowed a goal in the first 11 games, and now they've allowed three in the last two games. But, Again, as we've talked about week after week, these are a lot of heavyweights. And Ridgefield's really good. And yeah. Higgins is really good. But St. Joe's has got Mazzo and Friedenator deserving in the number one spot. Glastonbury, with a first-place foe, got into the number two spot. And they're probably going to stay there because I don't think they're losing the game uh, until at least the tournament. Ridgefield is at three. They may end up dropping for next week. Staples is at four. Again, with uh, St. Joe's in the regular season finale uh, next Monday, which will be one of the games to watch. Uh, Suffield at number five. Unbeaten Shelton at number six. Sellington in one loss at seven. 
Mercer with one loss at eight. Massick at nine. Newtown at ten. That's a stacked double L L poll. Well, Suffield hasn't been allowed a goal either this year, right? Is that correct? I didn't even know. Did they? I, I think that's. I think when I was looking them up for the, you know the, the teams that were still unbeaten, that they have not allowed a goal this year. And obviously, you can't lose when you. We you lose when you don't. Is it been, you know, I have to be honest with you. I did not know that, and I'm going to take a quick look. Yeah, take a quick look see. at it there. Yeah, you're right. No goals, right? No, nah, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing at this point in the season, and they're playing in a good league too. So Yeah. Um, so, again, it's going to be one of, it's going to be one of, one of their defenses that's going to be really good. Uh, Class M&S, Granby retains the top spot, followed by Weston out of the SWC, Lewis Mills, uh, Immaculate. Which suffered two losses last week, and then the Notre Dame of Fairfield, which is, comes at number five. Cromwell looks like to be the best team right now in the uh, shoreline at number six, followed by Walcott. Out of the MVL, which I don't understand because like, they got beat by Watertown 4 to 1 last week, so I'm surprised. But anyway, uh, Plainfield at eight, a team that we're familiar with is Stories on Game Time CT, four sister combination, nine kids on the same team. And and go, you and, can and, read and, all about that on yeah, Game Time was, CT. Yeah, and they're pretty good out of the ECC, ECC tournament finalist the last two years. Tied for ninth, Morgan in Portland out of the Shoreline Conference. So um, we'll turn it over to the boys, Scott. And I want to say, go on Game Time CT and check out that story about the Plainfield girls. It's really You did a really good job on that, so I want to Thank you. promote that out there. Uh, yeah, the boys poll, uh, you know, We've got Prep and Xavier at the top again, uh, both undefeated. Both Don't play the, each other. As you see, don't play each other until the tournament. And Hopefully. It, and it, I don't know if that will affect their – if they both yeah, make it that far. Um, Hall's coming in at number three. Farmington's four. Danbury, who's one of the other unbeatens, at five. Eight, oh, and five they are. Uh, South Windsor at six. Cheshire, who's also unbeaten, at eight, oh, and two. So that, that SEC tournament's going to be awesome, isn't it? I, listen, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they get in. It's all – home site so you can't really get to a lot of stuff until it's final yeah i'd be surprised if either prep or xavier or not both will be in the final but i mean you, you can't count on hand when they play their they're semis just, at home fields too correct yes, yeah. yeah hands gonna I, right hands number nine and they're seven one two so these are you know. yeah and then their losses the losses to xavier mm-hmm. and their tie with xavier and then i forget who else they tied off the top of my head i can't remember but i think it might have been shelton or something but anyway Go ahead. You got the, is that the MS poll, right? Uh, MS poll. And Weston's number 10 still. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's the only SWC team in the poll. Uh, yeah, the MS poll is pretty much the same. Uh, Ellington, Lewis Mills up top. Uh, Going to be tough to beat those teams, especially Lewis Mills. Uh, Watertown's playing really well. They're number three. Uh, then we get Granby Memorial, Stonington, Litchfield, Brookfield, Lima Memorial, Somers, and Valley Regional, and Bolton tied for 10th. Um, that MS poll is just you, yeah, until I see a final poll at the end of the season, then I'll take that. Uh, you know, with a little more severity. It's just it's, it's tough. Because so most we, teams are just really dominating their conferences. I mean, right listen, now. no offense, but it's the the double L. There's a reason they're doing a poll to give they them a little them. bit of yeah, love, of course, because they wouldn't be ranked. Yes. And then and our and the polls that the register, the New Haven Register, and Hearst run. As you know from baseball, I mean, it's the 10 best. Right. And it's always – in the football, we always get a lot of debate on these polls, who deserves to be ranked where. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's, it's very subjective. Of course. And, and you, only, you have less co- people voting in the state coaches' polls than you do in our polls. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to see a lot of teams. I'm not knocking the polls. What I am saying is there's a lot of subjectivity. You won't know who the best teams are until the end. And that's what the state tournament does. It's, it's, it separates everybody. But the MS – 
Pole is there to give other teams love, and they are pretty good. But those are all good teams. I yeah. don't, don't. I'm not taking anything away from. No, them. I know you're not. I just, I'm just I just don't know to what separates in general. You know, Lewis Mills from one of the teams. You know, that's ranked. It's hard to say. Tenth at this point. You know, it's just right. It's hard to know what what separates them until they're on the field together, and then you really get to see what's going on. Right. Um, let's get to some top performers here. Uh, I'm going to give you some boys' top performers. Mm -hmm. Uh, From Old Saybrook, we had Patty and Sean Ryan, uh, both of which scored hat-tricks against Old Saybrook. Um, I mean, for Old Saybrook uh, in the win over Portland. Uh, Then Joshua Munoz-Oliveras from Wilbur Cross uh, had the goal and the assist as uh, the Governors beat Notre Dame-West Haven 3-1 last week. Uh, Dennis Fuentes from Cheshire. Uh, scored two goals and had two assists uh, in Cheshire's 5 nothing win over Lyman. Uh, Henrique Arohu uh, from Xavier had a goal and an assist uh, as they drew against Hand. Uh, you know, they had a tie against Hand. Same game, Scott Testori from Hand. Uh, he scored in the 75th minute of that game to tie it 2-2. And, uh, you know, to, that was Xavier's first non-win. That was the first game they tied. So they were, they were uh, you know, and hand uh, came back. Mystery. And hand came back to tie that game. That's right. Yeah, Testory scored in the 75th minute to, right. to tie it. The last one of my top performers is uh, Arian Zika from Classical. Mm-hmm. Uh, scored all four goals in their four nothing win over Stafford. Anytime you can do that, you're a top performer. Uh, Joe, what do you got on the girls' side? Well, let's point out a few of the hat tricks we had from last week. Maya Crows from Bristol Eastern, the all-time leading scorer at the school. Chanel Acevedo from Stanford, a girl that you're probably familiar with. Hat trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naya, Naya David from MS, SMSA. Azria Malloy from Nottawag. My pronunciation, from I'm butchering names, I'm doing the best I can. Susie Emetrovsky from Seymour had a hat trick, as did Kate Schaefer from Connard. And Jade Strassner from Avon. Brittany Cochero from East Granby. We're all over the state this week. Aiden Crater from Weston, a girl you may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. One other individual, Julia Nichols from Northwest Catholic. Score with two point seconds left in the second overtime period to give Northwest Catholic the win, 32 over Berlin. Lewis Mills defense, ninth shutout of the season. Incredible. They haven't given up a goal either, as we mentioned, Suffield. Uh, and one particular team, East Haven, they beat Hand 1-0, the defending SEC champions. It's the first time East Haven has beaten Hand in school history, program history. And they used to play in the same division, the SEC Hammond Asset, for a lot of years before the shakeup. So, Kudos to them. Uh, it's a great win, and they qualified for the state tournament last night. That's awesome. Uh, it's it's incredible when a team can go all season without giving up a goal. I would think the pressure builds I, as I it happens. I think so. I mean, you know, so uh, South Windsor boys had that streak, obviously. They, they had they lost the first game of the season, then they went nine in a row without allowing a goal, which is incredible on the boys' side. Then they lost 3 nothing to Farmington. To I would think it's <laughs> as a soon lot as I, harder. As soon as I wrote it up, then they lost 3 nothing to Farmington. I, I would think it's a lot harder in boys. No offense. I just think it would be because you don't see as much. But like I said, no matter what, for Lewis Mills, for Suffield, to have not allowed a goal, kudos to them. I would think they're going to – Suffield against the St. Joe's, who have played in the state finals before, Suffield against some of these teams in tournament. Suffield's – tournament-tested team, they'll be ready. I'm sure Lewis Mills is as well. So we'll be interested to see how they do as they get further along in the season. Yeah, tournament's coming. It's coming soon. Yes, it is. A couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the boys' side, uh, we are talking top – I did. we did top performers. All right, listen, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we will be right back on the Just for Kicks podcast. Every Monday evening, join us for the Game Time CT High School Football Podcast. 
Sean Patrick Bowley, Kyle Brennan, and Pete Pugaga bring you the best high school football coverage across the state. You get an immediate reaction to the Game Time CT Media Poll on top of discussions that go beyond just the games. All right, we are back on the Just for Kicks podcast. Uh, we're going to go over the games to go see now. Uh, Joe, what games you got coming up this week? None. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, as I said, we had, I saw Richfield in St. Joe's last week. But uh, Amity and Cheshire are meeting for the second time on Wednesday at Amity at 345. Amity won 2 nothing. Cheshire's been playing better. Both teams are expected to be high seeds in the SEC tournament. Should be. This is a former SEC Who's a Tonic Division rivalry, so it's always fun. Uh, on Saturday morning, up in Clinton, Cromwell, Morgan hosts Cromwell. The top, right now, the best two teams in the shoreline. Yeah. So uh, it's for shoreline supremacy, probably the top seed in line in the league tournament. Also Saturday, I love these non-conference matchups this late in the year. Weston at Watertown. Watertown unbeaten in the NBL. Weston's had that big scoring surge early in the year, and they're one of the better teams in the SWC. That's a Saturday at 4 o'clock at Watertown. And obviously the two I've mentioned for Monday, um, Shelton is at Mercy. Again, the only game Mercy lost was to Shelton. That's at 4 o'clock or so in Middletown. And season finale, St. Joe's in Staples in Westport. Uh, I imagine the top seed from the SEC may be on the line for that. We'll see. It probably will still be St. Joe's. But they got New Canaan on Wednesday, which I forgot. New, New Canaan, Canaan's, New Canaan's all of a sudden, they're a hot team. Oh, yeah. They're a hot team. They beat Richfield. They crushed Trumbull, and they're going to St. Joe's on Wednesday. So that's why when these coaches say Richfield, St. Joe's, it's another game in the FCAC, you understand why they say it because there's a lot of big games. Yeah, there is. And you can't treat one better than the other, but the kids know. The kids know Richfield. I mean, they, I, I was kind of disappointed Richfield gave up and lost to New Canaan. I wanted to see them both coming unbeaten. Yeah. Richfield having not given up a goal. It would have been, to me, little bit more fanfare but you can see how good these teams are and uh well new canaan's such a good team then ridgefield's you don't want to say they're looking ahead you know but it happened it it happens with high school kids i mean it happens in every sport in high school i asked jack he said he actually volunteered the information said if you had seen us against mcmahon on saturday they they won two nothing you wouldn't have thought this was the same team you saw today so i said they caught looking ahead he's like i don't know you never know kids know kids know of course it's tough it's tough they know they got the same listen if you played and i haven't for, they say when it's tough to get up for every single game. Sure. So I, I would think they might have been caught looking ahead, but St. Joe's is good enough to to have beaten McMahon apparently. And but like I said, you you cover the FCA much more than I do, Scott. And you understand it's a war every single game. Every single game. So when they, it's tough for them to celebrate the Richfield game when they know they got New Canaan coming Wednesday. And that's what I that's what I'm saying about the state tournament. Is there's teams like New Canaan Trumbull that are going to be lurking in there and like double yeah, digit yeah, seeds. Double digit seeds going so to your place dangerous. in the second round and it's like who who would you pick as the favorite? I picked the team from the FCAC. Yeah. And I think anytime you beat a team from the FCAC is a feather in your cap. So if Shelton and Cheshire and Amity can defy the odds and get to the final, they're going to have beaten an FCAC team along the way. I know I'm you repeating have to. myself, but it's the truth or you're going to see Southfield or you're going to see a good team. So you it's it's a it's a war of attrition, ladies and gentlemen. Simple as that. It's too bad that, that op- those opening rounds, you can't go to more games because they're all at the same time. Yeah, well, some of, them are, some of them are at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and, and because there's schools game. that don't have yeah. lights. Yeah. yeah, Like St. Joe's doesn't have lights. I love the 2 o'clock uh, state tournament I starts. do. I love that. I, I do. Early. I just <laughs> – I, I do. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, when did the clocks change? They got to change in a couple of weeks, right? I don't know. We can look into the yeah, uh, clock changing time. Well, we could talk about that. So your, your boys' games to watch if you like. Uh, go ahead, Scott. We'll get to, the, to the boys' games. Yeah. And then we will discuss uh, 
the time zones. Yes. Uh, Tuesday night, tonight, uh, Seymour at St. Paul in the NBL. Um, mm-hmm. St. Paul's currently a game out of first place. Seymour's right behind them. Uh, and they Seymour's been 4-1-2 the last uh, seven games. So that's a good game tonight. Uh, Newtown and Brookfield up in the SWC. They're playing under the lights at Brookfield. Uh, these are rivals. And the SWC... I didn't mention that I went to Pomparag Barlow this week, but the SWC, it's got some really good boys teams. And Barlow is a team, just as an aside real quick, who's going to be in the middle of the pack of the double of the L field when they get in there. They're going to be super dangerous because they've taken a few losses this year, but they're really, really good team. They just haven't put it together, and Pomparag beat them at home, and Weston beat them at home. Right. Anyway, Newtown and Brookfield and the SWC tonight. Uh, I've really enjoyed the SWC, and I think they have some really good soccer teams up there. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm going to be at this game Wednesday, uh, Greenwich at Norwalk at 7. Uh, these Right now, these are the number one and two teams on the boys' side. Uh, Trumbull's fallen down to three, but uh, Greenwich, Norwalk, Trumbull, Danbury are also awesome staples. Um, Again, that, we, <laughs> we keep saying the FCAC, but it's just the truth. It's just the truth right now. Um, and look, Farmington and Glass on the boys' side, it's a little different because I think Farmington and Glastonbury – and some of the teams from the SEC and SWC are on par with the FCAC teams. I think the girls are a little more dominant at this point. Right. I think this is just the way it is. Uh, Friday, um, Valley Regional at Morgan. Uh, these teams, it's kind of weird. They play each other twice in a week at the end of the season. Yeah, one of them one. I can't know which one is counting. I think tonight's – I can't know. Tonight and Friday they play, right? Tonight and Friday, yeah. So one, I think one of them was moved. I, I don't know if it was originally scheduled. I think it might have been moved, one of them. I'm, I'm, it might have been because there's been rain and there's been weather stuff, so teams are getting moved around a little bit. One of them is non seeding, so I'm not sure which one counts off okay. the top of my head. I can look it up, but anyway, go ahead. But it's a, it's a, they're both big games in the shoreline, whichever sure. one counts. Uh, yes. And then in the CCC on Friday, uh, Weathersfield's at Glastonbury. Both these teams have two losses. Right. Uh, both teams are only a game out of first place. Again, they don't have a conference tournament, so they're really just playing for state seedings at this point. But or the regular season championship, and, and they want to win the regular season championship. That's a huge feather in their cap. Yeah. Um, and then there's a game Sunday. Uh, Ledyard at Stonington played six thirty on Sunday. It's a very rare Sunday evening game, but yes. uh, it's two of the best teams in the ECC. So if you like soccer and you're Wanna in the, the Stonington area, go to the casino. Go sure, over. go to Mystic Village during the day, and yeah, then sure. pop over and uh, check out Ledger at Stonington. Uh, those are the boys' games to go see. Uh, yes, I Pete wanted to pop in and let you know that daylight savings time ends on Sunday, November fourth. Okay, that is very good to know. Well, that was for Joe. Uh, well, it's for all of us because once that happens, then they really got to play these games either early or at night because it just gets so dark so early. Uh, even so when the, and the state tournament starts the next day, right? So there you go. All other than the playdowns on Saturday. That's Sorry. why I get those two o'clock games. But I love the two o'clock. I do. Game. Uh, it's uh, over early, and I, I do like the two o'clock. You miss a lot of traffic when you're traveling upstate to go to these different places. For me, I travel upstate a lot to go see these games. Right. Um, so listen, send questions into the mailbag. That's obviously become one of our favorite parts of the show. Uh, and thank you again for listening. For Joe, I'm Scott. We will see you next week on Just for Kicks.